It's time to hit the side roads with Dave Wilbur. I don't think you get it, driver. Take the off-ramp. Avoid the traffic. Miss the scales. Find somewhere new. Now, get lost and get up to speed with your host, Mr. Dave Wilbur. It's me, it's Dave Wilbur. I'm your host today on episode number four of Side Roads with Dave Wilbur. Kind of cool, man. I'm like uh, stoked about this, like always. And I appreciate you listening. So we've had a lot of good feedback over the first three episodes, and uh, I hope you'll get a chance to go back and listen. If you haven't listened and this is your first time listening, welcome. Uh, You know, one of the great things about a podcast format is the stuff is all out there for you to go to listen to in whatever order you want to. I mean, there it is, right? I love that part. I love it a lot. So, uh, look, we have a lot of things to work on today. A lot of uh, things to get to. Um, I don't know. Maybe, you know what? I'm changing my mind here. Changing my mind right now. You know what we're going to do? We're going to very quickly get right to our guest today. And I'm pretty stoked to have uh, had a chance to sit down and do an interview with William Little Dog Kling. Uh, a lot of you know Little Dog from his adventures on YouTube, social media, all that sort of stuff. And uh, actually, that gets me to one of my to one of my email questions, which is, Dave, why are you focusing on YouTube people? Well, I'm not necessarily focusing on YouTube people. You know, I think part of it is they're the ones that are willing to do the work. But uh, as the podcast progresses, we're going to be reaching out to some people that you've never heard of, that you never would have seen on social media, or that maybe uh, you wouldn't have seen on social media unless you're in another country. I don't want to hint too much, but it's going to be really cool. So let's get back to Will Kling. You know, I think a lot of you are going to be pissed off about this interview. I do. Because I think a lot of people expected me to get Little Dog on, you know, the microphone and to cut into the guy, you know, to, to leave a pool of blood by the time I got done. I had so many people encouraging me, man, I hope you really get that guy. And I'm thinking to myself, whoa, wait a minute. That's not what this is all about. Man, people can make, (laughs) people can make such hash out of things, you know? And it's like truckers, especially, I think sometimes they like to see a little bit of blood, you know? Um, Or maybe it's the NASCAR effect, you know, we want to see the crashes, I got a chance to sit down and talk with Will Kling, you know, and I had my own opinions about the guy. Uh, I've seen him do some social media bullshit. I've seen him uh, cut into some people. I've seen him get upset about things that he shouldn't be upset about. I've seen all kinds of stuff from the guy. And pretty much, you know, I think whenever you put yourself out there, you're leaving a lot of room for people to say whatever they want about you. So my intention was sitting down with Will was to learn about the guy. Not just learn about, you know, hey, you made this video, you made that video, you know, da, da, da. no, man, I wanted to learn about William Kling, the person, the man, the father, the husband, the driver. And, uh, you know, that was a great experience. I learned that Will has a big heart for drivers. I learned that he's, he's very involved in, in uh, doing things like raising money for Trucker's Final Mile, uh, that he looks out for his friends, that he has great regard for for drivers i learned that his uh um his grandfather was a driver so many good things man 
And you know, isn't it isn't that like what we should be doing with people? Well, why is it that humans like to look at people and look for the worst? Why not figure out a way to look for the best? Why not? So, I yes, I could have cut into Will Kling. I could have I could have really made. I don't know if I would have made him look bad, but I could have made it uncomfortable for the guy for sure. Now, I'm a good enough interviewer to do that. I have enough experience interviewing people that I you know I probably could have trapped him right. Maybe, maybe not. But no, man, my dream when I sat down with Will was to learn about him and to understand, you know, what makes him tick, right? What What is it about the road that enthuses him? What does he dislike? What What does he like and not like about people? You know, if we'd all just take a minute to get to know each other a little bit better, that would be something. That would be something. So, I made a conscious decision to talk to Will Kling, to have a great conversation with him, to get to know him better, and to share that with listeners. I want to thank you for listening to the Side Roads Podcast. The thing is growing. Uh, You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on iTunes. It's pretty easy to search for, just Side Roads with Dave Wilbur, and you're going to find us. And it's, it's just getting better. And you know what? I'm doing this all on my own. I don't have sponsors. I don't have anybody behind me. I produce. I record. I do it all. Pretty cool. I'll be back. First, some music from the Railbenders to get you started. And then my guest, William Kling. Thanks. Take care. Tennessee and New Orleans and a whole lot of other places in between I've seen a lot more cities than most have seen Hauling big loads from town to town I'm working to the rhythm of the wheels turning around And I travel all across this great big land Cause I'm a big diesel driving man Big diesel Yeah, I'm driving big diesel Well, I'm always gonna have a satisfied mind as long as I got my ticket to ride I never met a town that could settle me down I guess I'm always gonna be the rambling kind I haven't always lived my life on the go I used to have a place that I could call home Till the day I came down with a white line fever Now the only cure I know is the open road Big Diesel Yeah, I'm driving Big Diesel Driving Big Diesel Yeah, I'm driving big diesel
I watch that sun go down at least a hundred times on the San Francisco Bay. Hauling big loads from town to town. I'm working to the rhythm of the wheels turning round. And I travel all across this great big land. Cause I'm a big diesel driving band. Big diesel. Yeah, I'm driving big diesel. Driving big diesel. Yeah, I'm driving big diesel. Like everyone else, take the side roads with Dave Wilbur. Music from the Rail Benders, the official music providers of the Side Roads podcast with Dave Wilbur. Pretty cool stuff. My guest, Will Kling, is coming up here in uh, just a moment. And for the most part, I couldn't be more excited. Couldn't be more excited about this episode. And again, I just wanted to take a second and thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of all this. And, uh, Always looking for your suggestions for guests and all that sort of stuff. Uh, there'll be information on how to get a hold of me at the end. Um, and of course, you know, on the social media end, liking, commenting, all that sort of stuff is super encouraged. Buckle up, Huck. You are on the side roads with Dave Welber. And now it's time to meet this episode's side roads team driver. My guest today is William Kling, and I'm super stoked to have him here. Will, how are you? How's it going? I'm doing doing great, Dave. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm I'm so glad that you were able to find some time. I mean, literally, Will had to get off the road and get to a truck stop today, um, you know, and get out of some gnarly weather to be able to do this with me. So I'm super grateful, dude. I really appreciate it. Well, uh, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, I've heard <clears throat> so much good things about you and uh, about the Side Roads <laughs> podcast, so I'm glad to be here. Well, I got to keep sending people checks if you're hearing good things about me, but, um, no, man, it's, it's good. You know, I'm, I'm just, I think I made this list. Well, I just want to tell you the story. You know, I made a list of people that I wanted to have on and, um, and you were definitely in the top five for sure, you know, and I just kind of was like playing with order, you know, like with who, you know, who I was going to ask when. And I know I would pop into some of your live feeds on YouTube and you're going, when are we going to do this? When are we going to do this? And I'm like, you know, I hadn't really figured it out yet. Um, mm -hmm. You know, plus I've been in the process of changing jobs and doing some of my own stuff. So, um, you know, thanks for putting up with my being vague <laughs> and then suddenly calling oh, and no, saying, no, let's go, you know. No, no worries at all. I was just super excited to be a part of it. And I mean, because it's something I've never done before. I mean, realistically, I've never been interviewed except by uh, Scott, the trucking exec. You know, oh, right. That That's very, right. very, very impromptu. Right. So I, I, think, <laughs> it's, I think it's exciting. Cool, man. Well, look, let's, let's start from the beginning a little bit, you know, and, um, I mean, I know a few things about your background and stuff, but, but what I like to do, you know, when, I, when I'm interviewing truckers is I want to hear their, how'd you get started in trucking story? And then we, maybe we can talk about some other things in the, in your pre-trucking time, you know, cause I know that's important in your family, but you know, talk to me about how you got started as a trucker. Well, I think, uh, honestly, it was kind of by accident of sorts. Um, I was going to college for criminal justice at the time. And I was also operating my own business, uh, designing custom Facebook pages, websites, 
uh, doing webmercials, as I called them, which were commercials for the internet, video-wise. And I had a friend of mine, he and I coached our daughter's soccer teams together. And they owned a small uh, feed business, uh, like a uh, feed and tackle okay. uh, store. Yeah. And he had uh, one truck, and he was going to start moving some grain from a, a rail yard in Fallon, Nevada, Okay. And to the dairies in the local area. And he said, he said, you know, anybody that drives a truck? And I said, nah, I said, I don't really know any drivers. And he's like, Oh man. Yeah. I think, I think my other guy's about done and, and I'm going to need somebody and this and that. And I just, you know, I just thought about it. That's pretty much where it stayed. And I thought about it for a while and I said, well, you know, maybe <laughs> having a CDL wouldn't be a bad, right. bad thing to fall back on if things don't work out for me. Yeah. So long story short, I went to uh, a local school uh, in Reno, got my CDL. A couple months later, his driver ends up, you know, retiring. He was an older guy. Okay. And he asked me, he's like, hey, would you mind, would you want to get on board and, and do this for some extra money? And I'm like, heck yeah. I mean, who doesn't like extra cash? Extra money? So, yeah, please. What's that? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> no. it's like, exactly. I mean, yeah. everybody could use an extra couple bucks. And so it just started like that. And it was man, it wasn't no OTR stuff. It wasn't really, I wouldn't even consider it local because the distance between the rail yard to the dairies was maybe six miles <laughs> at the most. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, the hardest part of the job was going to the rail yard because I was the one that was unloading the rail cars into the truck. Oh, wow. And okay. yeah. so you, you know, you're climbing on the rail cars, getting the feed to come down into an auger up in the thing, take the dairy, drop it off. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I got into OTR because I was working for the sheriff's department, juvenile probation and detention where I lived. Okay. And I just didn't really dig the politics, man. Like, I, I, it was very political because, you know, a new sheriff would get elected, things would change, people would change. Oh, right. And Okay. Yeah. So, were, so were, you, were you like a corrections officer kind of? Is that kind of thing or yeah you... but on the ju on the juvenile on the juvie side. side right okay yeah. right so i worked in a juvenile detention center and <clears throat> i left i left that job and i was focused on just my business my wife was working at the time uh -huh. and then people stopped advertising you know they like you know 2008 2009 everybody talks about that but it was a little bit after that a little bit further down the road where okay. businesses really started to stop their marketing so it started to affect me i couldn't afford my office anymore uh you know i had to get rid of my camera equipment all of these different aspects of being able oh, to do that job okay. efficiently okay i see and yeah so then i got online and i told my wife i said you know i'm going to put this cdl to to use and I started looking at companies and, you know, the first one you start searching, you find, you know, the big ones, you find right. Swift and Warner and all those guys. Well, Knight had a terminal in Reno. Okay. And the rest of it is kind of history. Yeah. You know, I, I went yeah, there yeah. and that's where it started. Okay. Well, we'll get back to the Knight years because I want to talk to you about that. But I mean, mm -hmm. you, you have some, it seems like if I remember right, I mean, you have some trucking in your background, right? Didn't you have a grandfather who was a, who was a driver? Yes. Okay. Yeah, my grandfather. My grandfather. Uh, he was born in 1934, and <clears throat> he was a teamster out on the East Coast um, after the Korean War was when he started driving. Yeah. His his first truck 
was actually chain driven, like a bicycle. Didn't even have a drive shaft. Oh my! That's God. how long ago this guy started. Wow. Yeah, like I mean, no power steering, no air conditioner, all that. And but when I was a kid, uh, my grandparents raised me. Uh, I grew up with my grandfather, and my grandmother. Okay. And so during the summers or, or, or spring, whenever there was any break from school at all, I was in the jump seat. Yeah. And that that's going up and down the east, all all up in the northeast. He hauled the uh, train wheels. Right. So he did a lot of flatbed stuff, and it was just a great experience, man. There's so many fond memories of that time, and I think that's what led me to where I am. You okay. know, okay. made me made me feel okay with being out here in the trucks. That smell of the grease, the diesel. It's right. just unmis- I wish we need to make a candle, Dave. We need to make a, a <laughs> diesel smelling right. grease candle. Yeah, I know that smell, dude. I used to I used to ride with a guy who had a dump truck when I was a little kid. You know, and there's mm-hmm. a certain smell. There's a certain thing, right? There's a it's it's that sort of mixture of grease and exhaust, and <laughs> you know all that. Yeah, it's totally. Yeah, you get that, and you're just, you're just like, man, I, I must be. You couldn't. You could be a hundred yards away if you smell it. You'll think you're yeah. around the truck, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was like in Pennsylvania, right? I mean, you grew up in in yeah. you know in Pennsylvania in kind of the middle there. It's it was fairly rural, right? I mean that you know that area. Uh, for for the most part, we're about two and a half hours east of Pittsburgh. In a, I wouldn't say a small town, but a, you know a medium sized town called Altoona, Pennsylvania. Altoona. Oh yeah, is, I know Altoona. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah it's in in Blair County near the. It's I think it's only really known for like the Horseshoe Curve. Right. Uh, which is because big rail community in there, right. but uh, we're very close to State College, Penn State University. You bet. Yeah, I, I almost went but to that, Penn that's State. What we that's did. why I know about all that, and I had lots of friends from there. So, so okay, so so you, um, but you went in the Navy, kind of like were you? Did you go in the Navy right after high school, or when did you do your Navy no. time? Well, when I was 17, I actually dropped out of high school. Okay, and um, at that point in time, I squeaked in because just after I joined uh, the military started policy where you could get in unless you were 18 right. years of age. Okay. I got in at 17. Uh, my grandparents and my mother had to sign a waiver uh, to get me to wow. let me get in. Wow. And so, <clears throat> so that's what I did. I, I dropped out of high school at 17, joined the military and I did six years uh, in the Navy. Okay. And, you know, that, that led me to meeting my wife and our first, our oldest daughter. Okay. Uh, but after that, I, and, and it was probably one of the, it was the best time of my life was the military. Yeah. Uh, but it was probably the dumbest decision I ever made was dropping out of school to join the military. I should have finished and then went that route. Oh, okay. Because when I got, when I got out of the military was where the struggle started because, you know, I had, you know, college credits, but no college degree. I see. You know, I didn't have yeah. a high school diploma. I had to go get my GED to be able to get into college. And it was, right. it was, a, 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 you know, I did tons and tons of odd jobs between sure. the military and now. So, I mean, is that how you ended up in Fallon? Was, was Navy yeah, thing? That, is that, was that, yeah, a, the first, that's where you got stationed eventually? Yeah. My first, my first duty station, I went to, uh, I went to boot camp in great lakes, sh- Chicago. Uh-huh. And then I went to a school in Pensacola, Florida, and I finished towards the top of my class in a school. So I was able to pick orders. Like they put all these yeah. available billets on sure. the wall and they say, okay, based off grade, I think I was second or third. And there was one that said NAS Fallon, Nevada. And I, I've never been in Nevada in my life, but right. they said, that's where, that's where they moved top gun to. 
Yeah. You know, and I'm thinking, Tom, I'm thinking Tom Cruise, you know, I'm thinking Maverick and Goose. I see. And, yeah. and I was like, and I'm like, do I have to go on one of those big boats? And they're like, well, not here. And I'm like, that's where I want to go. I'm like, send me to the desert. And I ended up in the wow. desert. I reported there, uh, August, uh, very, very beginning. I think it was maybe August 2nd or 3rd, okay. somewhere around there of, of 2001. So before September 11th even happened. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, you know, I spent a lot of, I spent a ton of time living in Sacramento. Well, you know, so I know Fallon mm-hmm. pretty well and I knew some guys that were, you know, I knew a Marine major who was, you know, part of the, you know, part of the whole scene out there. And, uh, you know, he was a, he was a friend. We actually were both getting our, our small plane pilots licenses together at Beale Air Force Base, you know, over in the way. Mm-hmm. So I get to see the scene at Fallon. I mean, that's a pretty heavy deal. It's like a lot of people haven't really been out there and seen, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's serious work, right? I mean, what was your what were you doing? What was your specialty? Uh, well, I was an aviation ordnance technician, okay, uh, otherwise yeah. known as an AO. Uh-huh. But uh, I was uh, I was a bomb builder, right? I built bombs and worked on weapon systems uh, for fighter jets and uh, you know the big Gatlin guns, you know, made by General Electric. And sure, it, it was it was it was amazing, man. I mean, the experience was off off the charts. But you never you know, did. I, 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 you never did any ship time. You were. You were. I did. I oh, did, did eventually. Okay. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. After okay. Fallon, Fallon was where I met. Was where I met my wife. Okay. Uh, when she was younger, I think when I think she was like seven or eight, was when her and her family moved uh, from Smith Valley, Nevada, to Fallon because to Fallon. her dad did construction. Okay. And there was kind of a little housing thing going on over there, so sure. he, they moved the family over there. And, uh, that's how I ended up meeting her completely by accident. My wife hated me when she first met me. She hated me. And, <laughs> it's a common story. and she, she, she definitely did. She hated me. And, uh, uh, but I just thought that she was the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen. And uh, to get her to talk to me, believe it or not, I threw a shoebox at her head. That's a good because she wouldn't she, there's she a good wouldn't point. talk to me. <laughs> that's a little caveman. Like <laughs> here. Let me, let me she, throw a box. Well, you know at what you she said. I said I, I, she would, yeah, she wouldn't talk to me, so I threw I threw a shoebox at her, and she said, "What was that for?" I said, "Cause you're being quiet." And I said, well, "What do you think of me?" I said, "You know, like on a, on a one to ten. She's like, she's like, "Oh, you're a 10. She paused for a second. She's like, "Yeah, you're a ten out of a hundred. I'm like, "Okay," you know, which means you're a one, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, you know, I'm down here. I was a skinny little 118 pound noodle and it, it was just i don't know how it happened i got lucky man i've been with her for 16 years and it's just been, it's been an amazing ride that we've been on together and oh, that's really she supported cool. me through the military through uh the ups and downs in our relationship and through trucking now wow and yeah you know it puts a strain on a family trucking puts a huge strain on a family i mean the woman deserves a medal right <laughs> uh, yeah yeah i mean what i'm I'm sure you you probably know but there was a study not too long ago and said a housewife uh you know a stay-at-home mom with one child i i think they said if they put all the work together and figured out i think the income was like a i don't know it was like a six-figure income sure absolutely. is what they would earn if they yeah. did that did that work yeah anywhere else right yeah Crazy. yeah and i've and i've got four kids so i mean she's 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 a millionaire in my mind. I right, exactly. And let her remember that. 
if she's when she listens mm-hmm. to this, you know, we want her to know that. Okay, so so you did end up doing some AO time on the ship. Did you and Matt Eso meet in the Navy? Did you guys know each other no. in the Navy? So all the shipmate no, thing is not something that you guys had before trucking. Okay. That's I, right. That's yeah, always... Matt and I, and, and I'm sure you'll want to talk about that later, but Matt and I have only known each other, uh, let's see, maybe 14, 15 months. Okay. We, we haven't known each other very long. Okay. Uh, but okay. the shipmate thing, that's that's camaraderie from the military. Yeah, that's you know, Navy that's, stuff. That's right. just that, yeah. That, yeah, that's just that thing. But I, I think there's some people that are under the impression that you guys, you know, actually did time together. Um, you know, so that's where that did that's time. We weren't, we weren't locked up. Here, Dave. No, we you know what up. I'm talking about, dude. Uh, but no, but, uh, no, we didn't, we didn't. And we do get a, a, actually a lot of people do ask that question, you know, like how long have you guys known each other? You know, cause we, you know, we, we go together, you right. know, like, but. Who knows? Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I knew him in a past life. We were both squirrels or something. Yeah, yeah. right. Who knows? <laughs> right. You have one of those deals, you know, where, yeah, you're <laughs> ancestors of some sort, you know, a million years ago. All right. Okay. So let's, let's get back to trucking a little bit. And I mean, that, I think, I think that explains your background and stuff. Um, so, so you go to work for night transportation and mm-hmm. you haven't, you know, you've never done any OTR stuff, all that sort of stuff. So how did that go for you? Like, how did, how did they kick you out of the gate? How'd that work? Well, I uh, went through went through orientation, obviously, and I didn't have to go through uh, any CDL classes because I already had my license. Right. But I, I did right. have to go out with a trainer. Um, and the trainer that I went out with, him and I are still good friends. His name is Dan Bird. Uh-huh. And when I first met him, you know, he's this stocky guy, shaves his head. He's got a, a big red goatee, you know? Yeah. And he walks up, walks up to me with shades on a white t-shirt. And I'm like, this guy's going to be a, a, an asshole. I'm like, right. he looks so mean. I'm like, this guy's <laughs> going to drive me into the ground. But we ended up being great friends and it, it was, it was so much fun. It, it really was. I had a great time. I got really lucky. Yeah. And yes, you did. Uh, so we did the four, four weeks of training and then, you know, you come back and they give you a road test and kick you out. Like, here's some keys. There's your truck. Your load picks up over here. See you when you get back. Right. And so, I mean, you know, Reno, um, you know, drivers, drivers, I think know I-80. I mean, there's Donner Pass, mm-hmm. you know, just down the road. I mean, did you sort of have to fight that scene or where did you, where did you do your driving early on? Well, early, early on, I stayed, I stayed primarily Western 11. Okay. Uh, just because I, I mean, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be gone from home for, right. you know, months right. or anything like that. So I stayed Western 11 and be, I mean, being with a big carrier, obviously it's easier to do that because they've got a lot of customers, a lot of freight, but yeah, Donner pass, man, that was, that was one heck of a learning experience because I had chained up before I had chained a truck before, but when I actually did it, when I was, you know, I'm by myself this mm-hmm. rookie guy and I got to go over this, you know, what seems like the biggest mountain you've ever seen in your life. You know, when you're that new to the industry. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and you, but, uh, yeah, man, it was, it was scary. It was definitely, you know, I call it white knuckle motorsports cause you're just gripped onto that steering wheel and that shifter squeezing <laughs> so hard. But, but now to me, you know, now living in the area, crossing 80, you know, you, you know, well, living in a mountainous state, sure. you know, it, you, it becomes part of it, you know, it just becomes part of it. And you're just like, oh crap, snow. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And you just, you either make that decision, park it or throw, throw the iron on and get over the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I moved from Colorado to grass Valley, California, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I, you know, 
grew up in the mountains and had been in snow all my life. And so, you know, everybody says, oh, this place at the foot of Donner Pass and Donner Pass is this big, crazy thing, you know. And it's like, no, Caltrans is just full of crap. And, <laughs> you know, and, yeah, and yeah. people in Sacramento don't have snow tires. That's what the problem is. <laughs> Yeah, the people, the people on the on the west side of the mountain over there, they're yeah. like, "Oh my god," you know. Yeah. And everybody in Reno's like, "Can we just open the roads? So right? We can can go? We, can we know? please get home?" Yeah, exactly. So I, yeah, that yeah. scene isn't it isn't as uh, you know for drivers that are listening to us, it's really not as scary as it seems. Um, there's just mm-hmm. a lot of kind of rules and regs, and and the uh, you know Caltrans owns the road up there, and you know. If, if they decide they want truckers chaining up on dry roads, well then by God, you got to chain up, you know, and it's kind of weird. Yeah. You know? And uh, it's, it, it is, it, it, it's very um, frustrating yeah. to a driver when, when you have to mess with all that stuff. But I mean, I, I you know, for the people that do listen, if you're new to the industry, don't let it intimidate that's you. That's right. You know, don't, don't, don't let it intimidate you. Be confident in yourself, you know, don't overdo it. Don't do something that's beyond your skill level yet, but, yeah. Still, don't don't let it intimidate because you hear the horror stories. Oh, Donner Pass, this, that, uh, Donner Pass, on. that. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's no. no, it's nothing like that. You know, take your time. Don't get in a rush, and you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, and pay attention to the weather. You know, so mm-hmm. you know, and if it's if it looks, you know, the the one thing about that whole scene, I think, is is it you know it comes and goes pretty quickly. There are big windows, you know, that you can get through if you plan a little bit. You know, it can be that way. Yeah, versus other yeah. parts of the world where it's just going to be snowed in for forty days, you know, it's not really like that up there. So, yeah, yeah I will. I will say, you know, for the for the most part, Caltrans does do a marvelous job of working that road, and I think a lot of the times that they do shut it down is just to you know a preventative measure, saying, hey, you know, we don't want these inexperienced people up here, right? You know, now you know, like you and I had the discussion before that if it was just trucks going over there and no cars we would probably feel more comfortable oh, but yeah, you add absolutely. in these guys from from the bay area you know <laughs> that have never seen a snowflake and they go <laughs> they fr- they freak out they start sliding everywhere and yeah and then you have a chain reaction right right exactly yep all right so okay so so let's go back i mean i guess i'm i'm jumping all around here but that's okay i just i got my list and I'm sticking to it but i mean so what what prompted you to, I mean, obviously lots of people know you as, is you know, little dog and the whole YouTube thing. I mean, you know, you've definitely been mm-hmm. one, of, one of the, one of the leaders in that whole world. And I mean, what got you started with that? Like, you know, what, what was, what was your mindset? Was it because you had a marketing background and it's like, Hey, I could, you know, I could uh, shoot some video or what, you know, how, how, what made you say, Hey, here's, here's, I'm going to do YouTube, you know? I don't really I don't really think it had anything to do with the marketing background or even the fact that my grandfather was a driver. Uh-huh. Um, it, it started out I was at a truck stop and another YouTuber who, uh, you know I won't mention his name but uh, <laughs> I ran into him ran into him there and this was before I had started making any videos and they he had asked me he said you know what are you doing and I was at, the, at that moment I was just scaling my load and I was sliding the fifth wheel uh-huh. And he said, he said, do you mind if I record you while, you while you're doing this? And I said, no. And so he started recording. He was explaining, but it was, it was all jumbled, right? It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't streamlined or simplified or, or, or really understandable to somebody that wasn't there. Okay. So I just thought to myself, I'm like, I could do this better. You know, <laughs> I'm like, I, yeah. I could do that. I could do that whole video way better. And 
so from that point on, I was like, okay, well, what, what do I need to know? And as I would learn things, I would make a video of what I learned. And, it, and now it's evolved more, more so to entertainment and, uh-huh. and some information. But, but in the early ages, when I started in the early stages of my YouTube, it was all about, Hey, here's how you slide your fifth wheel, or here's a way to fix this issue or repair this, or, yeah. you know, more, more like how to informative stuff. But eventually, um, you, you do run out of things to teach people, right. you know, because trucking for the most part is a learned as you go type you right. know, career and it's on the job training for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that was really how it all started. And, and ever since then, I've just been going with the flow, man. I mean, do and you, I try to, do you remember the shift where it's like, Oh, I could do entertainment here. Like I don't have to, Talk about tire pressures. You know, I could actually, you know, be funny. And I yeah, mean, the, was there a the moment? main shift? I, I think the main shift happened see, when I was while I was working at night. Um, we had uh, the terminal manager for the Reno terminal. He, um, you know, he stopped working at night. He left the company, and they asked me if I wanted to work in the office. And at that point, um, I'd been on the road for a few years already, and and I. I felt like I needed a break. You know, I think that point comes for everybody where you get to the point where you're just like, ah, I need a break. Right. Some guys God bless their hearts. You know, God bless them. They, they could be out here for 20, 25 years and they do all their time in the driver's seat. Yeah. And you know, for me, uh, I love to drive. It's a passion, but I, I, with a young family, I just needed that break. And so I took the opportunity to do, um, what Nike refers to as driver development. Right. Okay. And, Basically, basically, it's just safety. You know, you're just checking logbooks and and updating permits. You know, very monotonous. Yeah. But <clears throat> that's when I, I took a break from YouTube. I, I didn't make a video for a long time, and the change happened when I came back to driving. Because when I came back to driving, was when Matt came tonight. Okay. You know, so I came. So I I came back to driving, and then. And, and, and then I started videos, um, just a few months after I started driving again. Okay. And, yeah. and, and here we are with, uh, you know, you know, you got Pete from Pete's Peterbilt and Joey and Matt and all these multiple, <laughs> multiple personalities and crazy things that we do. So, but that's, that's where it kind of changed. And I was just like, you know what, let's just have fun. Right. And while I was still at night, they really, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but um, Knight was compensating us for making these videos okay. because the idea behind it was, was it was exposure for the company. Yeah. Uh, it was taking time out of our day. So we were being paid for the time, but also they were gaining um, new drivers from it, right? right. Because people right, see right. these YouTubers talking about this company. And so they were getting a lot of people wanting to work there. And, but once I left Knight, was when it really changed to, I had a lot more freedom because at that point they were, they were saying, well, you can't say this or let's not say that, or let's not do this. And, right. and it was yeah very, very constricting on creativity. Well, sure. Yeah, absolutely. When there's a, when there's a corporate agenda involved, you know, the creative right. thing is not the first thing. Sure. Of course. Well, look, Will, yeah, I mean, so- we, we got to talk about this because people will throttle me if I don't a little bit. You know, and I mean, I just, but I mean, you know, 
you and 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 eventually when I talk to Matt and and interview Matt, you know, I'm going to have a, a similar kind of conversation with him. But I mean, you, when I say you and you guys, I want you to answer for yourself here. You know what I mean? But okay. I mean, you guys were really some of the first people to kind of do, you know, sponsorship kind of things. And I mean, you were, you know, you were sort of out there on one leg, you know, doing some, you know, doing some commercialization, I should say, you know, of YouTube videos. And quite frankly, took a lot of heat from it, you know, had a, yes. lot, had a lot of people saying, well, you guys aren't real drivers. You guys are sellouts. I mean, I've heard all the words, right? I mean, you, uh, want, you want to talk about that a little it, bit? It, yeah, I, uh, yeah, we can get, we definitely can talk about <laughs> it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm an open book with people, you know, and, and, you know, I know, you know, you know, Ike and, and Ike has talked to me a lot about different things because I mean, earlier on, uh, you know, Ike and I would go back and forth with each other and sure. Absolutely. And, you know, it, yeah, you guys were it, really it, on opposite ends of the spectrum when it came to that. Yeah, we you were know, for, for a while we were, Sure, but I think, I think the idea is, um, with all the sponsor stuff aside, uh, I, I think the idea of it is if you, if you think about it kind of like, um, kind of like an athlete, right. Or, 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 um, sports team or any, anybody that's, you know, higher profile, should I say, right. Or mm -hmm. puts themselves in the public eye mm -hmm. companies, companies, you know, they want exposure for whatever it is, their product or their service. But if, if I can take a product, no matter what it is, and, and this company says, hey, will you talk about it? it I'll, I'll talk about it, but I'm not going to lie to people. Sure. These, these, are, these, are, these are drivers. These are people that are doing the same thing I do. I know approximately how much money they're making. I know how much money they're not making. So if <laughs> right. you want me to try to, if you try to want me, if you want me to be out here, uh, talking about this, then you've got to give something back. Uh -huh. And that's, that's one of the, that's one of the things that Matt and I really focus on. And, and on this aspect, I can't answer for both of us because there are, there are three criteria, any, anything that Matt and I ever talk about, uh, as far as a product or brand or service or whatever, three things that they have to do in order to get us to talk about them, period. One is we have to use it. Like we, we have to use their stuff. Okay. or, or wear it or whatever it is. We have to use it because I'm not just going to say, Hey, send me your, your coffee mug and I'll talk about it. No, I got to <laughs> use it and I got to like it because right. and the thing's I, I got to, it's got to hold coffee and have a handle and actually function. It, it's got sure. a, yeah, yeah. it's got a, yeah, it's a, a legit product review type thing. Uh, but, and two, uh, they've either got to be made in America or, or based in America. And then we all know, that yeah. not everything can be made here because, you know, look at electronics, for instance, right? Absolutely. You know, yeah. these companies are based here, their offices are here and they do have employees here, but their products, not all that can be made here. Sure. But that, that is a huge, huge thing for us because Matt and I are both veterans. We're truck drivers. It's as, as an American as you can get, you know I mean? You bet. You're, you're, you're a patriot. You're, you're yeah. so, and then the third thing, and one of, one of the, biggest ones for us is they've got to save the driver money. That's okay. the whole idea. Okay. You know, so when, when people hear us and, and what's crazy is, and like you're saying about the heat, the things that people say is they'll say, Oh, we'll say, go use this, uh, this discount code or this promo code or right. whatever. That's, that's not us making money. That's us saving people money. We tell these companies, Hey, you will create this or we won't talk about you. Right. Period. Right. 
You know, sure. and it might it might be you might only save five dollars, but hey, that's five dollars, right? You know, no, well, hey, that's but a, we we that's took a, tons. Sure. I would I would love to hear some of the things that you heard. Oh, dude, look, I mean, you know, I when I came on the scene, you know, just a little under a year ago, um, there were you know the and and we'll get to the next bit of what I want to talk about here in a second about the you know the the warring factions you know, the tribal, Mm -hmm. the tribal scene, if you will. But, uh, there were a lot, there were a lot of people taking a lot of shots at, at various YouTubers, not just you guys, you know, about selling out about, you know, sponsorship stuff. I mean, and not just Ike, you know, Ike was vocal, you know, about things that he felt like, but there were, you know, there were lots of other people saying this is, you know, um, whether it be from a recruiting standpoint, you know, trying to uh, promote a company and, um, which I think is a very different thing than, you know, than promoting a product, so to speak, you know, right. and, and I think you know that too. Um, and yeah, obviously you guys were working for night and, you know, and, and doing a lot of stuff around the night thing. And I, I don't think it's that hard to figure out, you know, that they were, that they were supporting you in that. Right. I mean, if your company wasn't, you wouldn't be wearing the night shirt. You wouldn't have the hat on. You wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't, right. be in, you wouldn't be in their truck. You know, I mean, there has to be a certain amount of agreement, you know, to do that sort of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. where I got uncomfortable and what, what bothered me, I guess, not about, you know, what bothered me about what people were saying is when there was, these guys aren't real truckers. I could never figure that Mm -hmm. one out. Like, you know, I don't know. They seem like they're hauling loads to me. I mean, you know, they're shooting video here. They're shooting video there. I mean, I don't, they didn't didn't like the transporter just, you know, they drove there. I mean, what is this? They're not real truckers thing. That's where I couldn't understand, you know? Yeah, I think I think people. Um, I don't know if they, you could really say that they see it as a facade, uh, so to speak. But I, I would challenge anyone: start up a YouTube channel and see if you can uh, make ends meet by, you know, selling T-shirts. <laughs> you know, I mean, give, give it a get, go ahead and give it a shot. It a I shot mean, it's, not, yeah. it's not it's not it's not going to happen. Uh, so I mean, when people would say that thing, we kind of just brush it off. You know, I mean, you know as well as I do, you've seen it out there, uh, you know, online the amount of people that, you know, hide behind their aliases and, and say just whatever comes to the forefront of their mind at that particular moment. But as far as real truckers, no, man, <laughs> I, I, I would be willing to, to have night run my miles for the time span that I was there. Yeah, and sure. then you tell me if that's a real, you tell me if that's a real trucker or not, you know, I'm, I, if I'm running the miles and I'm hauling the freight, that's what's paying my bills at that time. There were no big sponsorships. Even now, there's no big sponsorships. No. So, uh, you know, people that think like this isn't Kim Kardashian money. You know, no, what I'm and, like, and, it's not. And let's get that not. straight. I mean, as far as the world of social media, there's, and I've, you know, I've said this before, and people will get tired of me saying it, but there's kids making Minecraft videos that are going to get 80, 80 times the amount of oh. views and hits that you will do in trucking videos. Exactly. I mean, that just is what it is. If you wanted to be shooting for the big time, you know, you would be, <laughs> you know, you'd have a pet monkey and, you know, be doing some crazy stuff, right? That's what YouTube, oh, yeah. that's what YouTube loves. They don't love, YouTube doesn't as a, as a, you know, media force love trucking. You know? No, <laughs> I mean, not no, at it's, all. Not, it's not centered. It's not centered around trucking at all. It's very, <laughs> very, very, if you looked at it, you know, as a whole, you know, we're, we're not even on the, we're, we're in the, you know, if you looked at it like a, as a pie graph, now, trucking is in the category. It says other. 
Like yeah, we're in there. Way other. We're, yeah. We're, <laughs> yeah, we're in the we're in the other spot. You know, you got music videos and you've got the Kardashians, they got a big chunk and yeah. and they, you know, Pootie Pie's got a large selection. But but those yeah, we're in the other category. We're very, very small in the whole aspect of things. So it's not like Pepsi is calling me and saying, Hey, we're gonna give you a whole bunch of money if you drink Pepsi all the time. I mean, but if Pepsi, hey, if you're listening I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, you know, the, thi- no, man. The, the thing is, you're, some years ago, before you guys got started and stuff, you know, in order for you to get any kind of income from the YouTube thing, you had to be invited to be a YouTube partner. You know, it was a whole mm-hmm. thing. It was like, you know, now they've they've kind of opened it up a little bit where, you know, you can get a little bit of ad revenue and it isn't much. I mean, anybody who says that, you know, that anybody's, you know, really getting rich on the YouTube thing you know, even at the higher levels of gaming and all that sort of stuff is severely mistaken. Um, and there's probably, yeah. there's probably a lot of YouTubers that have tossed some numbers around just to fuck with everybody. And it doesn't, you know, they're, they're not real. You know, it's just, well, not, it's just not, you know, real. I'll tell you if you have, if your audience, if it, you know, in order to make real money off of YouTube, every single one of your videos needs to break a hundred thousand views. Minimum, every single one of them. Minimum. Yeah. Yeah. yeah minimum. So, I, so the guys, the guys that are getting those big, those big checks, they've also got really big numbers. So it's easy. I mean, and, and for any of you that listen to this, if you want to know any information about any YouTuber, go to socialblade.com. Right. You can type in any yep. YouTube channel, and it's public information. And you can, you can find out all, all right kinds there. of stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, so okay, so we can get past the "you're not real truckers" thing pretty easy. I mean, I think that's just common sense. And, you know, I got a CDL and a set of keys, Dave. I, I think that qualifies. Me. Exactly. So, you know, <laughs> and, and as far as product placement type things and, you know, or, hey, check this product out. Here's a promo code and all that sort of stuff. I, I think the trucking industry has to grow up a little bit and say, you know, this kind of thing is going to happen. It's part of the commercial culture of social media. Um, you know, right. There it is. You know, it's not a, well, I mean, th- think, it's not think a bad about thing. This. If, if you're selling, I mean, if you're selling uh, anything related to, to, to trucking, right? If you're selling thermoses, you know, who do you, or, or something that we use primarily, right? Yeah. Who, who do you, who better to share that information uh, than somebody that's doing that job, right? That's, that's I mean, that's it's right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, as an, as a, for instance, Will, you know, um, I happen to be a very big fan of Huckleberry's Hammer. You know, it's been a tool set that mm-hmm. I've, that I've had, you know, with me for a long time. Um, you know, it, it, I, I, I think a lot of us carry that particular tool. I learned about it from another YouTuber, <laughs> you know, and went and right. found it and ordered one. Um, I, you know, I don't think that it's hard. It would be hard for me to say, yeah, man, I like my Huckleberry's hammer, you know, or, or have it in my hand. And I wouldn't necessarily think, oh, I should be compensated for this, you know, I mean, I, I think that's right. just one of those things where it is what it is. Uh, that's a much different thing than saying, hey, man, every time you turn on the camera, you got to be wearing a Dr. Pepper shirt, you know, and if, right. you, and if you don't do that. Um, years ago, I worked for Jack Nicholas, and he could only he couldn't sign Titleist balls. He could only sign Maxfly balls. You know, that was his con- yeah, that, that was his contract. I mean, you know, it's not like that hasn't been part of everybody's world. And, um, yeah, and it, and it continues to be, and you're going to see more of it because, you know, as technology evolves and, you know, more and more, um, 
you know, younger drivers coming into the industry, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's going to grow and it has to evolve. And a lot of people, I mean, you know, like you said, people just need to grow up a little bit and realize, hey, everybody's afforded the same opportunity when it comes to this. If you want to create a YouTube channel yeah. or, you know, Instagram, or you have the same shot uh, at, at making it and making money off of it than anybody else does. Right. You have the same exact opportunity. And Ike has said that numerous times and other people have said it and I've said it. So uh, as far as the real trucker thing goes, listen, I'm out here away from my family hauling freight like everybody else. <laughs> just cause I, just, yeah. just cause, just cause, um, you know, the, the channel has grown and, and I have the opportunity to, uh, work with other companies and kind of bridge out a little bit. Listen, I got four girls. Anybody wants to start paying the tab on that, right. you're more sure. welcome. Start sending me checks. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, but that does kind of come to a little bit of the Will Kling philosophy, right? Which is a little bit of, look, man, I'm going to get mine, you know? And, and I mean, that, that famous quote that, you know, you're kind of all run you over kind of thing. <laughs> Which, you know, I don't know yeah. if you, I don't know if you still wish you'd have said that or not. It's not in the same context, but I mean, you really have done a, a, you have made a point of taking care of yourself and saying, this is me taking care of me. This is me taking care of my family. What's your problem? I don't know that that's all yeah, that bad. I, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't really see a problem. And I'll, and I'll tell you that, that comment, um, when I said, uh, because at, at the, at that time, uh, things were getting ready to start. Like I could see it coming, you know uh -huh. what I mean? With, with, as far as sponsors or anything like that, I could see it about to happen, not just for me, but for others. Right. Because it was, there was, there was just this point where you could feel it. You could see some of the other YouTubers, you know, the bigger ones like, like Allie Knight or Josh, and mm -hmm. you could see them starting to do things. And I saw it and I'm like, listen, this is going to trickle down. Okay. It's, it, it has to, because if they're the only ones talking about it, their, their audience is limited. So if I'm a company, right, I'm going to want to flood, flood the market yeah. with the information about my product. And I was in an argument with, uh, with Ike and, and a few, a few other folks. And I said over the phone, it was either a phone or, or one of the Zello chats or something. I'm sure it's recorded somewhere. But I said, if you, I said, you know, this, it's a brand, you know, it, it, and it is, it's, you know, like side road podcast. That's, that's your brand. That's, that's, that's you. That's part of you. It's part of Dave away yeah, from. Absolutely. Yeah. It's part of Dave. Just like yeah. little dog is, is part of the, you know, of me. And I said, if you get in front of that, if you get in front of that brand, I'll run you over with it. You're either gonna, <laughs> right. And, and, and it's not, it's not a selfish thing, uh, or, or something like to say that it's just like, Hey, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Uh -huh. And you either like it or you don't like it and you're either with it or you're not with it. And if you're not with it, then get out of the way. Stop okay. trying to hold me up. Let me, let me do what I'm doing. And, and, uh, obviously things get taken out of context down the road, but <laughs> I actually, I, I actually was able to believe it or not when Ike left Schneider, um, and he was doing a live feed. I'm not sure if you were in there or not, but he was doing a live feed and, and I got him to say, cause he was talking about, changing the way he was doing things, leaving Facebook groups behind and, uh -huh. and doing this. And, and he was talking about the Ike Stevens brand. And I was 
Man, I was grinning ear to ear watching that live feed. Yeah, and I was just grinning, and and I typed it in there, and and, he, and he's like, "My brand, my brand, my brand." I got him to say my brand like ten ten times in a row. It was great. Well, I can, I mean, I can tell you this: when I first came on the scene, and I suggested to Ike that he was a real entertainer and he needed to be working on his brand himself, his reputation, he handed mm-hmm. me my ass. You know what I'm saying? He right. let he let me have it. He's like, "No, I am not. I'm a trucker. I ain't no damn entertainer." No, 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 no. So, I mean, I think mm-hmm. I think people's um, the, people get to evolve, don't they? Will they get to, right. they get to right. Don't people get to change? What's wrong with people changing? I can't I can't see I, that that's a wrong thing. <laughs> you know? I think I think I think a lot of people are are, are afraid of of change that becomes not, not the person, not the person that's changing, but you know, wouldn't you say, you know, the audience, you know, look at any TV show or any sitcom or, or any radio broadcast. If they change the style of it, people lose it. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they, they lose it. And, and people I think had become so accustomed to Ike being, uh, being the bad guy. You know, and nobody mm-hmm. wants, nobody, look, listen, nobody wants to be the bad guy forever. Forever. Sure. Why? <laughs> Why? I mean, yeah. it's, it's yeah. great to be, it's, I think it's great to be opinionated and blunt and upfront because I'm just, I'm the same way, but, uh, you know, and you, and you can be controversial and, and touch hot button issues, but eventually, you know, you're, you're doing that on your own, you know, people will be with you for so long, but so you have to evolve and, and you do change and, yeah, and I think it's great what what Ike has done uh, for the industry has just been amazing. I mean, one of the first YouTube videos I watched was his. Sure, absolutely, and, and, lots of us. Yeah, and it was yeah, yeah, and so you know, guys like Ike and and uh, like Jerry Ott and uh, you know Tex and uh, I mean, these guys have changed uh, all of the things that they've done, and and it's just so amazing to see because I think in our industry and you know, you may agree or not, but I think our industry is afraid of change. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It is. And we're, and I'm going to, I'm going to get to that in just a second with, with an example of yours, but let's, Mm -hmm. you know, we've been dancing around this, this fire for a second. So let's, let's stand by it for a minute. And I, I mean, what is it with all this kind of tribalism, you know, and groupism and all that sort of stuff, you know, amongst, um, I don't know. I want to, I don't want to just say social media oriented, you know, truckers, but like truckers in general, um, you know, mm-hmm. for me, it's been really interesting to see, um, you know, all this stuff. I mean, you know, a, a year ago you and Ike weren't really speaking and there was in fact a lot of kind of bad speak, you know, going on between you. Um, it's happened with a lot, right. with a lot of people, there's these falling outs and then there's these falling back ins, you know, and it's, and it's funny cause it's almost like people are as quick to kind of get back together as they are to break up. <laughs> it's, it's pretty bizarre. What, what's your take on all that? Well, I, I think, uh, it's kind of funny because you could, you could relate it to like high school. Uh, you really could. <laughs> yeah, and people, of course. You yeah. could, because, because if you look at it, I mean, just take social media, for example, um, you know, you've got, you've got the cool kids, you got the jocks, you got the nerds, you know, you got all these, all these different groups right. and everybody will associate with one or the other, you know, more so than they would the others. And I think our job, um, forces us to look for a, a connection with others because we're by ourselves all the time. Yeah. And 
So when you start looking at these people who are on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, you name it, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, I agree with this person. And so you, you start following them and you become, you become connected to them in a way. Right. And when some, somebody else uh, disagrees with that person, whether they're just disagreeing with you directly or not, you're going to stand up and defend the guy that you're with, right? Right, so you, of course. You, know, you have all these little teams. And I think, I think what, what we needed, because you, you'd mentioned that, you know, falling apart but falling back together. Right. I think what we needed was a, we needed a reason. We needed a reason to get back together. And, and at the time when everybody was all in, in their separate corners, right, we didn't have a reason. We didn't have yeah. uh, anything other than our own selfish needs and wants to, to be away from each other okay. because we're like, well, I'm going to do, do this my way. I'm going to do it better than you. And I'm going to draw all the people or whatever. But, and, and, and it's a, it's a huge um, undertaking to try to bring all of these people back together. Right. Everybody right. that talked so much trash about each other for the longest period of time to get them to say, all right, I'll stand in the same room as this guy uh-huh. or, you know, I'll, I'll talk to him on the phone or whatever. And, what caused that was, uh, was, was Matt, Matt caused that. Right. And right. I was, gonna, when his, I was going to take us there. I'm glad you're taking us there because exactly. Yeah. And when his, yep. when his truck, when his truck broke down, um, obviously Matt and I are extremely close friends. Yeah. And when his truck broke down, I knew everything that was going on behind the scenes as, as far as him, uh, and, and his personal life and, and everything. Yeah. But it, it really, I'm like, I, I need, I, I got to help my friend, you know, like right. my friend needs help. And, and so that's, so that's what I did. And, and, you know, uh, he's taken so much heat for it. I've taken a lot of heat for it, but you know, I got online and I asked people, Hey, if you can spare five bucks or whatever, mm-hmm. can you, you know, donate it to Matt if you can, here's his information. And I shouldn't have done it, but I did. Uh, but that's <laughs> you what, shouldn't, that's what, what you started. shouldn't have done it. I should I shouldn't have because for I, I should have done it publicly like I did. Oh, I, uh, see. I don't think it, it huh. because it, it caused um, it, it caused a lot of people uh, they they're very angry uh, because at that point you know people were saying well you know similar things have happened to me and, and right, nobody right, helped right, me right, right, right? right. Yeah. and so I I felt bad I felt bad because of that but you know he he got help. Mm-hmm. And other YouTubers started talking about it, and it kind of spread around. And so, yeah. for that that very small moment, we were all talking about the same thing, uh-huh. right? All of us. Yeah. And even people that aren't on YouTube, the the people that follow us, they were thinking the same thing and talking about the same stuff. And yep. And so Matt had made mention uh, in one of his live feeds while he was at home. He said something about you know he wishes that everybody could just get together, everybody in one one spot at one at one time. Right. And I said, that's a great idea. And one of our sponsors, I, I'm not sure if you're okay with me mentioning them. No, that, of but, course. No, I want um, to because I'm part of this. Um, so, yeah. But, uh, but uh, DPF Regeneration, they reached out to me and they said, do you guys want to make this happen? And I was like, okay, let's see what we can do. See what let's, we can come up with. Let's talk. Yeah. And yeah, let's, let's chat about us brainstorm a little bit and they said well here's what we can do you know we can provide you know a booth space at the dallas truck show and i said okay and they said well you know and i said i know it's expensive and and everything i said let me see if i can get some other people involved 
And so I just started calling the YouTubers that I know that I talked to. Right. And, and they said, Hey, we'd be interested in it. And they said, well, okay, well, what are we going to do it for? You know, we can't just, not, it seems like a waste to have all of us talking about the same thing and, and nothing good comes out of it besides the fact that we're just shaking hands. Right. right? It's just mutually admiring uh, each other. That doesn't work. Right. 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 Yeah. Cause you're going to have all these egos in one spot. Yeah. You know, what, what's, what's that going to do? Uh, so we, um, had heard, I heard about, uh, truckers final mile and I didn't know too much about it at the time, uh, except for the fact of, of what they did. Right. I didn't know who sure. ran it. I didn't, I didn't know any of the details. So I started looking into it and I ended up reaching out to, um, Robert, who's the guy that runs it uh-huh. and found out that he, you know, this guy's a truck driver and the donations that come in are very, very slim. You know, they're 501C. They got all the right paperwork and 94% of the monies that come in goes right back into the charity. Right. And yeah. so, so when he, when, when he was telling me the story, he said, yeah. And if, you know, if, if, uh, we have a case where a driver passed away on the road and, and the charity can't cover getting them home. He's like, I just pay for it out of my pocket. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. I'm like, no way. So I went back to DPF and I said, here's, here's what we need to do. We need to, we need to have, you know, a fundraiser or whatever. If I, I'm like, if I can raise money to help my friend, I can raise money to help this charity that helps the entire industry. Right. So they said, that is awesome. And they had had previous dealings with that charity. So it just, it was a fit right off, yeah. right off the start. Yeah. And then, started reaching out to, you know, the, some of the bigger YouTubers, you know, I called Allie Knight and I talked to Ike and of course Matt was behind it. And I, I called, uh, sure. Tex, I called big cat, Tr- all these guys. And they were just like, yeah, let's do it, man. You know, and everybody started getting, so then it just snowballed. And then you had other companies reaching out saying, Hey, we want to help. What can we do? Yeah. And it's still, uh, evolving, but now you've got all these, all of these little clicks like you, you know, like you said, you got all these little tribes everywhere, yeah. and they're 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 falling apart because everybody's falling together. You know. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. And, yeah, that's everybody's thing. starting to become. Yeah, everybody's starting to become intertwined again, and and I think I think that's what we needed. And Matt's uh, truck, and 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 that was man, it was a blessing in disguise. I think as far as the industry is concerned. Oh sure. I mean, it's the classic example of of uh, you know, out of out of uh, problems comes change, and out of change comes good. You know, so I mean, it's right? Just, you know, I hated to see everybody leaning on Matt. Um, you know, and and I really got upset when I started hearing this is fake and stuff like that because you know anybody who was watching his stuff could see the look on his face, like this is just yeah. going horribly wrong right now, and I can't do anything about it. Oh my god. You know? Yeah. yeah, there was there was nothing that any of us could do to 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 stop it because sure, and, um, he, and neither could he. And he's holding on to the damn wheel, you know, like he's, he's yeah, he's with it every moment, and it's still going wrong. And and it's like at a certain point, you know, what do you do? And, you know, and I my whole thing was I just I don't want to see the guy quit. You know, that's just like that's not the thing. Don't do that. Yeah, that was you know. Yeah, and I think that's where that's that, that's where he was at that moment. You yeah, know? of course, anybody would and. Yeah, I mean, you say he was holding on to the wheel. He's holding on to the wheel coming down Donner and lost his brakes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was, it, it was just a runaway train. And, and finally, uh, it, it has slowed down and, and 
we're getting some kind of normalcy back yeah. as far as social media is concerned, yeah. which is great because yeah. we, we need that. Yeah, well, social media sometimes has a short memory, so that's a good thing. But It's uh, a very short memory, very I'll, short memory. And I'll talk to Matt about that. I mean, I want to leave some of that for Matt's, you know, for, oh, yeah, for definitely. a chance that's, when I get to talk to Matt. But, but your yeah, role, that's his story to tell. Your role in it was super important. And, I, you know, and again, I mean, I don't know. You know, I, I, I see a lot of keyboard warriors who who don't have any skin in the game whatsoever, you mm-hmm. know, making making comments, taking shots, whatever, and they you know, it's like, Oh, come on now. That's just silly. I mean that's you know, you couldn't yeah. possibly believe what you're saying. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean I so. think I, I think uh, I, man, uh I know that you I know you interviewed Ike and, and, and everything. Ike is a great debater. Right, like sure. it's great to de- debate people, and and you know throw facts around and things like that. But the keyboard warrior stuff is just some of it is just downright mean, yeah, you know, yeah. hurtful yeah. Uh, things that, that these people say. And unfortunately, um, you don't even know if these people are drivers. Right? You, know, you don't know who they guy? are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, no, no. I you, know. You know. Yeah, it's just so. It's so the, that I think that's that, the thing is people are just so cruel. It's that everything to lose, nothing to lose kind of thing that's always gone on with, uh, you know, with with people who put themselves out there, um, you know, and and then here come the people who want to say something, and it's like, well, you know, they've never done anything, but but yet they're going to take a shot at somebody who's, you know, spread their whole lives out on the whole thing. So I mean, it's always been that way in yeah. entertainment. It's always been that way in you know in other areas, and so. You know, here it is in trucking. I mean, it's not that not a, that big a surprise, really. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the I don't I don't and and I don't think that aspect of it will ever change. I really don't. There'll always be those keyboard warriors, those CB Rambo's. Oh. You know, because people live in that in that anonymity, and and they they love it. They thrive off of it. When I first started uh, and, and, my and, other podcast, will. I got mm-hmm. a, I got an, e- after every episode, I got an email from an anonymous account. You know, I, f- we finally figured out who it was, but, um, but you know, for a while it was just one of those anonymous servers that was, that just said, you're a dumbass. You deserve to never have another thing to do in this business. I hope you die kind of stuff. You know, like it was serious. It was like, you know, death threats and, you know, and it happened religiously after every episode. Right. And, and I would, right. and I would just go, I would get crushed, you know, and it didn't matter how many people said really good things. All it took was that one email and I knew it was coming. Right. And somebody had to kind of counsel me and say, it's just one guy and he's a moron. Oh Stop yeah. It. You know, you know I'm focusing on that. I, I have a great, um, a, a great relationship with, uh, Chris, who's one of the, the owners of, uh, diesel life. Uh-huh. And, and he told me, uh, we, were, we were talking about this kind of a very similar conversation and we were talking about this stuff and he said, you know what? And he's like, I've seen all of the people, you know, that have talked smack to you guys. And he's like, the same thing happened to us. Right. You know, when we were, when they were, when they were starting their thing and, yep. and he said, you know, he's like, what you really need to remember is if you've got one hater, so to say, you've got 10 people that love you. Absolutely. He's like, that's absolutely. He's true. like, so he's like, so bring on the haters because that just means more people love me. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and you kind of have, you got to have that, you got to have that mindset because people are going to talk smack to you if you put yourself out there and it's just something that you have to deal with Well, you, know, I, you put I, yourself in, in the public eye. 
And I think if you do work that drives no opinion, you know, that doesn't force people mm-hmm. to an opinion, that it isn't really good work anyway. You know, like, like right. you have to do something that makes people say, I agree with that. I disagree with that. And if you don't, then it's boring as hell. <laughs> so, you know, I think, it's and, part of the and game. Don't you, don't you think that that's, don't you think that that's like, it, it, it's, it's great because you're starting a conversation, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, in a world where everything's electronic now and we're, we're, you know, able to visually see people in front of our face, but they're in like Japan, yeah. you know, uh, isn't it great to actually start a conversation with somebody and whether you're agreeing on something or not, I mean, I think it's, I think it's wonderful. Yeah, I do too. Well, I agree. All right. So we're getting down to the end of our time and I want to get back to you for a second. So, so you're out of night transportation, you know, you've got one of the two famous green Volvos. And, you know, and you're kicking ass at the, at the owner operator thing and, you know, at least on to travel local. I mean, how's it going for you? Is it working? Uh, it, it is working. It's, there's a huge learning curve. Uh-huh. Uh, it goes, you know, because it, it, my entire OTR experience was all, um, company. So yeah. now that everything's on me where I'm like, man. I'm like, it's what, 40 degrees, turn the truck off, we ain't wasting fuel. Nah, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. when all of that kind of stuff is on you, but it's great, man. The freedom is just amazing. The ability to, uh, you know, choose my own loads and go where I want. And, uh-huh. and it's just amazing. That I think this is what, in my mind, uh, being an owner-operator is what trucking should be. I think the huge, the big companies, uh, as, as vital as they are, really, to what, where we are now, the, where the industry is now, as vital as they are, um, that's not real trucking. You know what I mean? And a lot of people, a lot of people will hate on that, but that statement is because everything's done for you. You know, you don't, but you don't, but you, when everything is done for you, you lose the freedom. Right. You know, and that's, and I think that's what every driver really wants is, is the freedom of the road, you know, being able to say, Hey, I'm in California. I want to go to Texas and, and you go to Texas. Right, and you figure it but, out. So, is your yeah, is your, you is your wife helping you? Is she helping you with your administrative stuff and all that? Is it a family thing for you guys, or is it is it just you and and you alone in this? Um, I would say seventy percent of it is me. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I, the, I understand the, your wife is, is doing all the work and raising four daughters. I get that. Oh my god! You know, yeah. But yeah, I just wondered if you know if so, you guys are talking so about yeah, that I stuff handle, to you. I handle a lot of it, but we, we talk about it because she doesn't really know. She was never exposed to trucking like I was. And so she doesn't really understand, um, the day to day stuff. Like she understands, pick this up, take it here, you know, move things around the country, but she doesn't understand obviously regulations or, um, anything like that. She's, she, she does understand a, a a 70 hour clock though. She understands that. (laughs) She knows your clock. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she's like, you're not going to make it home tomorrow because you've only got like eight hours left on your 70. Oh, I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you're just keeping track of all this woman. But <laughs> That's cool. But, uh, but yeah, but she's she's been hugely supportive. And I was very hesitant, man, very hesitant to leave the big company in life and yeah. and start my own thing because I had it made. I, I really did. I mean, is there you know, is with, there an with, ultimate goal for you? Is, is, you know, is it will the trucking company owner or is it just will the really outstanding owner operator or what's your, what are you thinking for down the line? Uh, well, I, I definitely think down the line, it's more along, more along the owner, you uh-huh. know, cause I, I want, 
I want to spend I want to spend more time at home. I, I love driving. I don't think I'll ever stop driving. Yeah. But I would like to own, you know, maybe three or four trucks. I don't mm-hmm. want anything huge. I don't mm-hmm. want the problems, but I want to give other people the opportunity that, um, you know, Eddie, the now famous owner of Traveloco, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> uh, that uh, that he gave to me because it's a huge part of me to, to pass things, to pay it forward, you know, to pass right. things on. Right. And, right. and I, I think that's a, a valuable, um, I don't really know, a valuable trait to have, yeah. you know, to say, Hey, somebody did something good for me. Let me do something good for somebody else. And I that's think if we all did that just a little bit more, we, we'd be in a different place, right? That would be a good thing. Absolutely. It's a good thing. Yeah. And I can tell you having done that, it's a really good feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. Some of the guys that I helped out early on are now really doing some cool stuff, you know. And I go, oh, yeah. See, look at you. You know, I told you it'd be okay. <laughs> and they, you know, they yeah, man. And they remember back to the, some of those early conversations where they're going, "I can't do this." It's like, dude, just just hang in there. You got this. Yeah. You know? And my wife, my wife was instrumental in me actually leaving night because I was so nervous. Uh huh. Um so nervous to leave because everything was taken care of. And she said, well, she's like, if you're going to do it, now's the time. You know, right. she's like, you're, you're in your early thirties, you know, and she's like, do it now. She's like, cause if you wait another 10 years, you won't do it. And I said, all right. And there you go. I, man. Yeah. And we, and we took the, we took the leap, man. And I, I it definitely wasn't easy at first. It definitely wasn't. Um, and I was the first month sucked. It sure. really did because freight rates dropped out from underneath themselves. And, <laughs> right. Timing and, was and really tough. Yeah. Yeah. Timing was horrible. So anyone that's looking to do it, I would definitely say, wait, wait till the peak season of right. freight and, and do it, do it, do it then. So you come in having the ability to put some money aside. Right. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, everybody's talked about it. I mean, that's what kind of uh, bit Matt in the ass with the whole thing. Sure. Was that ne- and neither one of us, put any money aside coming into this. Right. Right. Well, and sometimes people don't have that luxury. You just got to do it. You just got to step mm-hmm. off the cliff, you know, and say, well, I'm going to work hard at it. And that's all good. You know, tell your trucks in the shop, you know, however many times and four times and 30,000 miles and none of it's your oh, fault. God, yeah. You know, I mean, geez, you know, you'd be, you know, you'd be in the same boat. We all would. I mean, that's the thing. I, that's what I keep explaining to people, you know, being more of a business oriented thinker. I just go, you can't, you can't claw back from that kind of stuff. Not very well, you know, not without, right. uh, you know, not without some high interest rate loans or some other things, you know, it's like, it can really, not s- without, not without, I mean, yeah. it's just, the, it's that other four letter word, you know, help, help, right. you know, help. <laughs> you know, just, yeah. just help. You've got to, you've got to have help. I don't think, I don't think there's anyone that is successful in this industry that didn't have help. Oh, absolutely. In one way, in one way or another, you didn't just wake up one morning, go buy a truck and become a millionaire. Yeah. No. You know, you, you had somebody giving you some kind of advice uh, or anything. You had help in one way or another. And sure. Whether that's monetarily or, or in a teaching aspect, it's, it's priceless. It's va- It's so valuable. So, so valuable. The experience of others. There was a guy in my CDL class who every day, you know, would spout his latest, you know, unfounded dream about what he was going to do in trucking, you know, and I hated to be the buzzkill for the dude, but I would just say, um, yeah. Have you looked into insurance? 
<laughs> you know? Yeah, right. I mean, I would just, you know, I, you know, do you know what factoring is? Huh? <laughs> and it was like every day I had an, another piece for him, you know, and it, you know, to crush his big dream of, of uh, graduating CDL school, you know, buying a big old long nose Pete and becoming super trucker. Like, yeah, no. Yeah. And it, it doesn't, <laughs> I, I mean, listen, man, uh, it, it just doesn't happen like that. No. You know, you're a hundred percent. just, it doesn't, it really, it really, I mean, I'm sure there are a few people that might listen to this and say, Oh, well that's, that's how I did it. You know, that's how I did it. Oh, listen, that, that might happen for, yeah, that <laughs> might happen for one person out of a thousand. If you're listening out to this a hundred thousand and that happened to you, I freaking want to hear from you. I want to get you on the right, other end like of the if, mic for about an hour you and have a conversation. You know? Yeah, if you graduated CDL school, if you got your license, excuse me, Mr. Guy on the CB, how rude. Uh, if you graduated C, if you graduated CDL school and you got a big long nose Pete and you had your own authority, I'd uh, I would love to meet you too. Yeah, I want to hear that story, man, and I want to I want to ask you some very tough questions. <laughs> yeah, I want to know who your ri- I want to know who your rich uncle is so that I can have dinner with him. Right, yeah, That's what I want. Yeah, know. let me see the oil well pictures. All right, dude. <laughs> well, look, man, we're at the end of our time, so we I think we covered it all. I mean, we talked about and again, um, just to just to talk about it, you know, really quickly one more time. I mean, the seventy three lounge, um, you know, and all the yeah. things that are going on at Gats. Um, um, definitely. You know. Um, I, I do want to take the last couple seconds. I just want to give a huge, huge thank you to, uh, DPF regeneration for talking to us and helping, helping put this stuff together. Right. Because it's just been, it, it's going to be big. Um, you know, you can go to 73 lounge.com for more information, find out stuff on Facebook, yep. uh, Instagram, or just follow any YouTuber because everybody's involved in it. We're all be talking you know, about and, it, yeah. Yeah, and 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 radio guys like yourself, you know, there it's not just it's not just uh, yeah. YouTube content creators. It's musicians, you know, um, yeah. <clears throat> podcasters. It's everybody's involved, and and that's the great thing. And but a, a huge thank you to DPF Regeneration because they were just instrumental in making it actually possible to even start talking about it. And you know, to anybody that's looking for something to get behind in the industry that actually gives back and, and helps check out the truckers, org, And you can go there to donate. If you want to donate, uh, if you don't like being, uh, pretty cool in the public eye or whatever, but that's right. That, that's, that's the thing, man. It's pretty that's cool. what it's all about. Just well, do two, something for our industry. Right. Well, well, two things to say about that. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm incredibly honored to be invited and, um, I'm sure while all you guys are surrounded by autograph seekers, I'll stand there by myself, but I'll still get to see. So that'll be good. <laughs> we'll see. You, you'll need. You'll, you'll need to. We'll, we'll need to make sure you care. You just have to carry on a microphone and, right. a, and, a, and a speaker. Yeah, that's so the people happen. are like, oh, that's the voice. You know, yeah, like that, the, that's not gonna like happen. that's the one. The sandwich board. But, I'll, hey, I'll wear the sandwich board. You know, I'll have a, you know, meet Dave Wilbur here. Thing. Right? <laughs> there you, you go. Strapped on hey, my shoulders. That'll be. That'll be a place for you to get some interviews knocked out for sure. I'll tell you that. And the other thing is, is that is that a couple of people have asked me about my last guest, Junior Honduras, and and whether or not you guys have reached out to Junior um, for all this. So I, I hope that happens. So there it is. Uh, I have not. I have not talked to Junior. I, him and I know of each other, yeah. and we have chatted through messages before. Um, you know, I think it was on some some live feeds, but. Um, 
No, I haven't reached out to him. Uh, well, he's a low-key guy. And he's not folks. the kind of guy who would who would uh, self-promote himself. But I was surprised, right? Um, when I interviewed him, to hear how many. I mean, he's like pushing twelve thousand subscribers and and uh, you know doing yeah you know, doing cool stuff. So anyway, I'd... yeah, he does, he does a lot of great stuff. But there are other people out there, and any other content creator that wants to be involved, please yeah, reach want, out to us. We, and I guess that's why I brought that up is we want them involved too. You know, yeah, because I listen. Every single person that's on that list. I was the one that talked to them, right. you know, was, personally. Right. right, exactly. And I can't talk to everybody. Right. You know, it's just... What, Will? It, you it, don't know everybody? It wraps up my whole day. So. I know of pretty much everybody, but I don't know everybody. And yeah. and that's the hard part. I don't have everybody's phone numbers. And some people don't like me. Let's face it, oh, Dave. Oh, jeez. Really? You know? Yeah, hey, yeah but, listen, but let it's, me, let it's me, trucking. Can I have a pity me moment? Can I have a pity me moment? <laughs> well, I, what I think is you wait 90 days and then they'll like you again. That's how it seems to work. I think. You know, I think. I think that's it's the about way it is. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna have to just. Uh, I'll, I'll. I'll think of something. I'll figure it out. <laughs> you know that marketing background. But yeah, that yeah I would definitely you. love to have those guys involved. Anybody, anybody that wants to be involved. I don't care if you've got one subscriber or a hundred thousand. Doesn't matter. I care if you got one listener or ten million. It does. It does, makes no difference because I think when you try to do something like this, the more people involved, the better. Yeah. And 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 if if you're just a driver out on the road that listens to this podcast or or watches people on YouTube and you want to know, hey, what can I do? Yeah, man. send us a message. Oh, that's send cool. Send us a message. Listen, everybody to, carries the same weight. Listen to you, Will, and using your powers for good and not evil. This is awesome. <laughs> hey, what a I, cool I did. Thing, I did man. do. I did do a video about that, and I told every uh, I challenged every other YouTuber, and I said, "Hey, yep. listen, use this this platform that you have, use this stage that you're on. Yes, have fun, be funny, be creative, do these things, but do something good too. Do something good too, right? Yeah, it can't always be about controversy or hassles or class and, war or whatever. And it, and it doesn't have to be about trucking all the time. No, listen. no, it does not. Exactly. I've said that to yeah. several people. It, you cannot, it cannot just always be about tire pressure. That is a buzzkill, you know, for so many things. Right. Tell, tell your story. There's tons of stories out on the road. Tons of them, you know, tell but, it. Yeah. They're, they're, they're everywhere. Yeah. And, and I think, I, I think one day we will see the fact where, you know, everybody is, is doing some, some form of creativity to just express themselves and share their story because everybody has a story, right? Right. Everybody. 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 And daily we create stories. So, all right, well, yeah. that's our time, man. And I, I've burned your clock enough. So I really appreciate you hanging out with me and I hope we get to do this again. And, uh, in the meantime, you know, be safe and, mm, most and definitely. all that. Okay. So, I'd, I'd definitely love to. I'd definitely love to come back uh, after you talk to Matt, and you can have uh, Joey and Pete on together. Uh, Maybe yeah, we, be... I think we'll do that. I'll work out the three-way technology, and um, that could be really fun. But in the meantime, I'm just glad to have you Most here definitely. and focused on this. Well, so. thank you for thank you, thank you for having me. It's it, it's a pleasure. All right, dude. Take care. Want to be a guest on the side roads? Really? You better bring your A game. Send an email to sideroadsdave at gmail.com and prepare to buy the coffee. So one more place to drown the sorrow, and it's time for me to go. And I won't be back here tomorrow, because where I'm headed, the Lord only knows. And I 
I've been driving down this dark stretch of highway for as long as I can recall. And it don't matter if you don't approve of my way, cause that won't change things at all. Whiskey rain, whiskey rain, come down on me, but wash away this pain. Whiskey rain, don't you go away, I need you to stay. See light of day, and I've been guided by the full moon, but I never do find my way. So one more blast to drown this sorrow, and it's time for me to go. And I won't be back here tomorrow, 'cause where I'm headed, Lord only knows. And I've been driving down this dark street. Highway for as long as I can recall And it don't matter if you don't approve of my way Cause that won't change things at all Whiskey rain, whiskey rain Come down on me and wash away this pain Whiskey rain, don't you go away I need you to stay Well, that's it for episode number four of the Sideways Podcast. Again, I want to thank my friends from Denver, Colorado, the Railbenders. You can find their music on iTunes or you can go to railbenders.com and uh, check those guys out. That's really happy to be featuring them here uh, because like all of us they've been out on the road working alright so episode number 5 uh, coming up um, in 10 days or so and uh, we're going to do some pretty cool stuff going to have a neat guest and um, as always we're going to be thinking about uh, all of you on the road who are traveling road worrying, driving whatever it may be so be safe, take care I love you all and we'll talk to you soon Thanks for listening to the Side Roads with Dave Wilbur podcast. For more information, check out our Facebook page. Just search Side Roads with Dave Wilbur. Hammer down, driver.